Welcome, welcome, welcome again to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I'm your host, Mike Patton. I want to thank you all for tuning in. I want to also invite you all to follow me on Twitter at MikePatton82. And also subscribe to the show on Google Anchor and anywhere else you get your podcast. Today's show, we've got a very, very special guest, NFL Hall of Famer Warren Moon is in the house. But first, of course, we're going to go over these early hits. First up, the NFL helmet rule has been passed where the now teams can have an alternate helmet. The rules first put in place to not allow alternate helmets because of safety rules, but thankfully it's being changed and, you know, they're being altered. So that way teams can have an alternate helmet. Um, now you can see teams maybe with color rush jerseys, with the matching helmet, some throwback jerseys, the red uniforms, man, that box has been opened. Now it won't be until 2022 when this happens, However, I'm already looking forward to some different jerseys. I mean, I don't know if anyone remembers, but the San Francisco 49ers had all black jerseys and pants and everything, but then had a gold helmet on. It just didn't match up. Uh, You know, there's plenty other uh, different things. I mean, the Bengals had an all-white uniform and had an orange helmet. I mean, it still matched, but, you know, it would have been nice if they had a white helmet to go with it. But, you know, those things are now available to NFL teams. I can only imagine what these color rush and throwback uniforms are going to really look like now. You know, with the throwback helmets and those type of things. (laughs) I can only imagine. Um, Moving on. Tight End University, or Tight End U for short, was held in the Nashville area pretty recently. Uh, And the event was put together by San Francisco 49ers tight end, along with retired tight end Greg Olson and Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey, as they invited as many tight ends as they could to work on their skills together and share share tips with each other. The event lasted a couple days, and it was a a success, and, and it more than likely will happen again. However, there was one question that George Kittle was asked on first take, and it brings up a Mr. Tim Tebow. On first take, Kittle was asked basically why he was not invited to the actual camp. Here's what his response was. If I can't invite every tight end, how do I... How do I not invite a second or third string guy on a team that's been playing tight end since he was 18 years old in high school? Nothing against Tim Tebow. I hope he has an incredible he has incredible success this year. I hope he has 10 touchdowns. I hope he 
has a great year, but it's hard for me to invite someone to this that's just started playing the position when I can't invite a guy that has been playing it for eight to 10 years. That's just hard for me. I bet Kittle never imagined he would have to answer that type of question. And it's crazy that Kittle even was asked this question about a guy that has been playing tight end for not even three months. Not everyone can play tight end. And like Kittle said, there are plenty of guys that have been playing tight end for a while that were not able to get an invite. The audacity that ESPN would even ask this question when it had nothing to do with Tim Tebow, it just it made me shake my head. Made me shake my head a lot. You know, basically, Tim Tebow is just a guy that's basically attempting to play. He was a very successful college quarterback. You know, he was. He was a winner. But when he got in the NFL, he wasn't as successful as a quarterback. Been out for a while, and now he's trying to come back and tight end. That's just what it is. And there are other tight ends that definitely are probably above him in the pecking order of people that were were there or were, I guess, arranged to be there. Speaking of different positions, my last uh, <clears throat> early hit for this week is talking about another player that actually is trying to make a comeback, and his name is Brandon Jacobs. Many remember the former NFL running back, the big bruiser. He was about, what, 6'4", probably about 250. I'm probably exaggerating, but hey, he was a big guy. He, well, I'm not exaggerating. He probably was every bit of 250. But anyway, uh, he mentioned he would be interested in coming back as a defensive end for team. Yes, a defensive end for teams. He also recently mentioned that he has heard from three teams, I believe, as well. And he was told by those teams not to mention that they were interested. Of course, you got to remember he's, you know, there's a key point here. He's like 38 or 39 years old. Now, I applaud him for the belief in himself, and he has every right to do this if that's what he wants to do. But do I think he makes a team as a defensive end this season? No, I don't think so. I don't think anyone's taking a a shot or a crack as a 39-year-old defensive end or guy that's trying to play defensive end and learn the position at 39 years old, 38, 39 years old at the highest level of football. I just don't think that that you know he makes a roster doing that. Now, do I think someone gives him a chance? Yes, I think someone gives him a chance. And I know people will probably think I'm crazy for thinking that someone will. But you also got to remember, someone gave a certain guy in Florida a chance to play tight end when he had played quarterback all his life. So, it's definitely possible. But do I see him making a roster? No, I do not. Well, that's from the quick hits for today. Up next, we have, again, Warren Moon, NFL Hall of Famer Warren Moon. We're going to see what he has to say about these AFC South quarterbacks and more on touring the AFC South. This Woody.
Welcome, welcome, everybody, to Touring the AFC South again. We're going to be talking today with a Hall, NFL Hall of Famer, five-time Canadian Football League champion, Mr. Warren Moon. How you doing tonight? I'm great, Mike. How you doing, my man? We got another Good. football season here any minute. <laughs> right, right. It's right around the corner. And, of course, you know, with any team in, in any any sport, you know, the most important position, especially in this day and time, is the quarterback. So, you know, the way they take care of the football, the way they make plays, you know, at least to much of the success of the team. Um, so we're going to, you know, talk about the, the AFC South's quarterbacks and just have a few questions on that. But first, I did catch the tweet you put out about the Houston Oilers uniforms <laughs> and the throwbacks. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, you know, outside of the Oilers uniforms, uh, which other throwback uniforms would you like to see? Wow. There's a lot of classic uh, uniforms back from the day, but I think I want to see the uh, – the orange uniforms of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back when they were wearing those uh, like orange sickle uniforms, you know. Yeah, the cream sickle. <laughs> they were all orange with the uh, with the white helmet and the orange swashbuckler on them. I think they're going to be able to bring those back when those when those uh, helmets are able to be worn in, in the in the jersey. It won't be till next season. It's not this season. It won't be till next season. But that's one of the ones I'd like to see. It's one of the ones coming back. You know, I actually thought you might say a Seattle uniform potentially, or you know, I thought I thought that one might be in there too potentially. Potentially, yeah. You only, you asked for one. <laughs> that would be the one that I would want to see, um, only because those things were so bright and uh, their teams were so bad back in the years when those uniforms were so bright. I think at one point they lost like I don't know twenty seven games in a row or something like that. Like early existence. And they had these bright, bright orange uniforms. I know they just had to feel like crap every time they went out in those uniforms and got beat every week. <laughs> yeah, those uniforms might be uh, one to see, but, yeah, definitely don't want to see those teams. <laughs> no. So, uh, you know, and definitely, you know, before I get into the questions about the AFC South quarterbacks, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask about you and some things about your career. Um. For those in the younger generation who aren't aware, Warren Moon is but one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, in my opinion. You can do everything. I appreciate that. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, you didn't start in the NFL. You started in the CFL. Yeah. So what was the frame of mind going into the CFL when you believed you, you should have been in the NFL to start with? You know, I looked at it as like a bittersweet uh, situation for me. It was sweet because I was getting an opportunity to play the position that I wanted to play where the NFL, um, a lot of teams probably weren't going to give me that that opportunity to play quarterback. And then it was bitter because here is another country that's going to accept me as a quarterback but my own country and my own league doesn't want to accept me as um, as a quarterback. And, and as a kid growing up, you know, I had a dream that turned into a goal to play in the National Football League. All of a sudden, when you see that that goal will not be able to be accomplished only because somebody doesn't believe in your ability or doesn't want to give you a chance to show what your ability is, it was pretty bitter. So 
like I said, I went up to Canada with a bittersweet feeling that here I am getting a, an opportunity to play the position I want, but I'm not going to be able to play it where I want. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you definitely uh, took out the, the frustrations on the rest of the Canadian Football League. That's that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I had an extra grind, and I also, uh, you know, kind of wanted to prove, you know, not only to the Canadian Football League, but to the National Football League and to myself that I could play professional quarterback. Because, again, there were a lot of people saying that I couldn't, just like there's a lot of guys like as recently now as Lamar Jackson. When he came out of college, people saying that he should have switched positions. And we've seen what he's done. He's already been an MVP in this league. Or when Cam Newton came out of uh, Auburn, people were saying he should switch to tight end or all these different things. And we see what he's done. He was an MVP and took a team to a Super Bowl. So you just can't go by what, what everybody says. You have to have great belief in who you are and what you think that you can do. And um, fortunately, the times have changed a lot over the last 20, 25 years where now these African-American quarterbacks are getting opportunities to show what they can do. And they're making the most of it by, by doing exactly what they think they can. Gotcha. Now, uh, let's get to your career about the Houston, with the Houston Oilers. Can you describe those times in the AFC? It was AFC Central, correct? Yes, sir. And uh, the run and shoot offense. Yeah, can you describe those times? They were um, they were fun times in that division. That division was a very physical division. You know, we had Pittsburgh in that division. We had uh, Cincinnati, who was very good at that time in that division. They, you know, went to a Super Bowl one of the years that I was in the division. Uh, and then we also had other uh, Cleveland Browns, who were tough as nails, and went to a couple of AFC Championship games, and they ended up, you know having the drive against them with Denver and then the fumble that, that was in the other playoff game. So we had some really good teams in our division, and we used to beat each other up all season long. And, and there were many times two teams from our division would go into the playoffs. So we were one of the better divisions, and uh, definitely in the AFC, but probably in all of football because we always had two representatives going into the playoffs. Gotcha. <clears throat> now, with, uh, with that team – and how explosive you all were offensively. What kind of damage do you think you all could have did in this era of football? <laughs> yeah, it, it'd be scary because, you know, the game, even though we were more wide open back then, you still had the same the, the rules in place where you could be physical with the receivers and different things that you can't do today. Um, the way the, the, the rules now are that are so laxed for the passing game where you can't be physical with the receivers, um, can't make big hits over the over the middle anymore. Uh, the quarterback is being protected like he's a glass doll back there now. And, <laughs> and then the, you know, the rules are just wide open for the game to have more scoring, more yards passing, and you're seeing it with these quarterbacks. If you don't throw for 4,000 yards now, uh, you're considered not having a good year, where back when I played, if you threw for 4,000 yards, you were considered to have a, a good season. So – yeah, it would be scary if we were running the run and shoot right now with today's rules uh, with that type of offense because it was pretty explosive. I, I could just imagine now, wow. You know, with the weapons on that team, I mean, wow. <laughs> got a lot of speed. Definitely, definitely. Now, you know, we're going to talk about the, the, the newer version of the uh, Houston Oilers, which, of course, is now the Tennessee Titans since they moved here from Houston. Yeah. Talk about the AFC South and dive into that a little bit. Um, now, 
they've got themselves a talent wide receiver in their own right in Julio Jones this offseason to join AJ AJ Brown. Now with the running game they have and how you know everything's set up there, how do you think uh you know how much do you think is on Ryan Tannehill to make plays in the passing game and expand that that area of the offense for the Titans? Well, I, I think Ryan has done a great job since he's come into uh, into Tennessee as their quarterback. You know, he was kind of left for dead in Miami, but uh, the Titans saw something in him and brought him in because he was still a really good athlete and still could throw the football. Sometimes you just need a different a change of address and a different scenery and, and a new kind of boost of confidence, and I think he got that when he came to Tennessee. And he's in an offense that really takes advantage of his strengths, being able to play action pass, being able to throw the ball on the move because he's a really good athlete. That way he can make some things happen with his legs. Um, and then he's got uh, you know, the best running back in football right now as far as a pure runner behind him that, that really takes a lot of pressure off of him as a quarterback as far as the coverages that he's going to see in the back end. Because when you have a Derrick Henry, you better have you know, seven, eight guys in the box at all times going to run the ball down your throat so that kind of dictates you know what the coverage is going to be back there for the quarterback it eliminates a lot of things because of you having that type of running back back there so it makes his job ryan Tannehill, a little bit easier and then if you have explosive receivers on the outside that tends to make more explosive throws down the field and almost play action passes because you get everybody sucking up whether it's the linebackers and you, you throw balls behind them or whether it's the safeties who suck up on those play-action passes, too. And next thing you know, an A.J. Brown or a Julio Jones is behind those guys or has single coverage on the outside. So it's a great situation for Ryan Tannehill to be in with all those weapons on that offense. And then they've done a nice job of, of um, keeping their offensive line solid as well, and that's a key. Gotcha, gotcha. Now – with, uh, you know, Ron Tannehill had 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions last season. Do you see him improving upon those numbers this season or taking a step back? I think he can. I think a lot of it has to do with who their tight end is going to be because um, was it John Smith? Yes. Yes, he was a very good tight end for them. And um, in a play-action passing game, especially in the red zone, the tight end can be very important down there for making touchdowns because he can get behind those linebackers on those fakes and get those quick balls for touchdowns. So um, whoever their tight end is, it's going to replace him. That's going to be important as far as how many touchdown passes he might have down the, down the field because the tight end is going to play a big part in that, especially when they get in the red zone. Gotcha, gotcha. It's definitely going to be an interesting year watching the Titans with the, the additional weapon of Julio Jones, but the subtraction of uh, – of John Smith. It's definitely going to be interesting, and uh, it's going to be one thing to watch. Uh, and another team that's definitely going to be a watch with a quarterback is uh, Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, the Colts traded for him this offseason, and, you know, a, a lot was made out of that. You know, the season before, they traded for uh, Buckner from the, uh, from the uh, 49ers for the defensive line. Now they went and got a quarterback. Um, what do you think of that addition to that offense this year? Well, I thought Phillip Rivers did a really nice job last year, but he's limited as far as what you can do with him athletically um, because he's, you know, he's 38 years old. He's never been a really mobile guy. So I think the way the game is going today, you need to have a, a quarterback who's a little bit more mobile, and I think that's what Carson Wentz brings. 
But I think more importantly for Carson Wentz, he's coming out of a situation in Philadelphia that got kind of toxic towards the end as far as the way he was looked at by his teammates in the locker room, by the way he was looked at the fan base, and by the way he was looked at by their organization. So they were able to make that switch, and uh, he's going to a coach in Frank Wright where he had the most success he's had as a quarterback when Frank was there as their offensive coordinator. So hopefully, again, like I talked about with Ryan Tannehill, sometimes you need a change of address, a change of scenery, and be around something that's more familiar to you. And I think Frank Wright will get the most and the best out of Carson Wentz, and they'll be able to do some other things besides just drop back and throw the ball like they were doing with Phillip Rivers. They can now run some read option type things. They can now run some some, uh, some of those types of, of uh, RPO type passes and things like that that Carson Wentz is good at. He was doing in college and with Philadelphia. And Frank knows him as well as anybody and knows the things that work best for him. And those are the things he'll incorporate into the offense. All right. Now, you know, they, they, they the Colts are, are set up to be very successful. They have a strong defense more than likely again this year. Um, you know, they have a running game. Um, but one thing they didn't do this offseason is really add to the wide receiver crew. You know, they brought back T.Y. Hilton. Um, but you know, didn't really add a ton of players there. Um, do you um, think they they have enough weapons in the passing game to be dangerous this year? Well, I, I know the the young kid from USC is going to be better in, in his second year. Pittman Jr. Yeah, Pittman. Receivers always make a big big uh, improvement in their second year. The biggest question is whether Ty can stay healthy the whole season. He's been banged up off and on. Um, the last few years, he's not not the biggest receiver in the world. So that's something you wish was different, but he's been very effective for them. But he's also missed a lot of time because of injury. So if he can stay uh, injury free this year, and then with Pittman's development and, and some of the other receivers they have on their roster, I think they can be, you know, explosive offensive, offensive, offensively, offensively. But they added one more legitimate receiver on the outside. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Now, now we're gonna go to we're a team that hasn't necessarily has been great, been great this all season. This all season. That would be the Houston team. Now with the Houston, with the Houston Texans, Texans, you know, of course, of course. The quarterback position, Kyle Watson, the issues going on there. The signing of Toronto in the offseason and the drafting of Davis Mills, among other quarterbacks. Now, taking Watson out of the equation, do you think the Texans go with Tyrod Taylor as a quarterback there? And for how long? Do you think Mill will be sitting there before they, before they kind of put him in? Put him in. He's their first He's pick. Their first pick. Of 21, draft. 21 draft. Yeah, I think Tyrod is going to be the guy that starts the season out for them, no question about it. And Tyrod has done a great job wherever he's been, whether it was in Buffalo, uh, whether it was in uh, San Diego, uh, even in Baltimore, you know, where he was the backup. Uh, whatever he got on the field and played, he was always good. So he's gonna he's gonna be solid for them. He was also solid in Cleveland when he was there. Uh, I don't think he's their long range plan, but he's definitely gonna be the guy that's, that's gonna 
and get them started this year. Um, you know, Davis Mills is a guy that didn't play a lot of college football, so I don't think he's ready to play in the NFL right now. So I think they're going to be slow on that process. If he plays at all this season, it'll probably be later in the year. But I don't think they would be upset if, if uh, he didn't play at all his first year just because he hasn't had a lot of snaps even at the college the college level. The big thing with Tyrod is can he stay healthy because he he got hurt last year in the second game of the year, and and uh, it wasn't his fault, but it still was an injury, and, and it, it allowed uh, Justin Her- Herbert to, to play and, and play well, and he never got his job back. So this is another opportunity for Tyrod to get a chance to play, and hopefully he'll make the most of that opportunity. All right. All right. Now we've addressed We've seen Deshaun Watson running for his life behind that office. Behind that office. They added the starting point from Seattle Seahawks and starting off the category, Marcus Cannon, they acquired from the Patriots. With whatever quarterback starting for them, do you see them having different protection for the quarterback? I think so. I think you've got Larry Tunzel with left tackle. You're going to be solid there. And then you've got, like you said, Marcus Cannon at the right tackle. So you're going to be solid on those two tackles. And then Justin Britt comes in from Seattle where he was a very solid center uh, until he got hurt. But I, I think uh, in the most important positions, the two the two tackles and then your center, you're going to be pretty solid. Now it's just a matter of those guards being, uh, being solid as well. Um, I think they'll be much better offensive line-wise than they were last year. And I think, you know, Tyrod's going to need a little bit more of that. You know, some of that has to do with, you know, when you have a quarterback like Deshaun or like a Russell Wilson, those guys like to hang on to the football a lot longer because they feel like they can make plays all the time. And they'll try and escape and and make things happen uh, outside the pocket. Well, sometimes you open yourself up for a little bit more punishment when you do hold on to the football. So, uh, some of that is on the offensive line. Some of that is on the quarterback. Now, I don't think Tyrod's probably going to um, take as many chances as maybe Deshaun would or, or Russell Wilson would. He'll get the ball out of his hands a little bit faster, and that'll take a little bit less wear and tear off of him. All right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it might be a long season with Houston. It, it could be a long season because if you don't have a good quarterback, a top-notch quarterback. It's, it's going to be tough, and and that team uh, they lost not only you know their their quarterback who was one of the better ones in the league, but you know they lost some skill position guys as well, and, um, and and those guys are hard to replace. But you know hopefully they'll uh, you know they'll have a solid season. You know if they could be somewhere around eight and eight, that'd be great. But it doesn't look like it's, it's, it's trending that way just because of the, what they've lost this past offseason as far you know, J.J. Watt's not there anymore. They lost some, some great leadership out of their locker room as well as talent. Definitely. 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 And last, and last the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's a lot of hope heaped upon the shoulders in 2021 one overall pick. Trevor Lawrence. How do you see him performing under the pressure of all occupations? You know, I think because he comes out of a high-level system 
and a program in Clemson. He had a lot of expectations put on him when, when he came out of high school. He's always been a guy that's had a lot of eyeballs on him ever since high school, and he's always risen to the occasion. So I don't think it'll be much different him going into the NFL. I don't think they're a team that's going to be a playoff team, but I think he's going to be a guy that's going to continue to keep improving. Um, Jacksonville's roster isn't as bad as what you think they are. So, you know, their offensive line is decent. They have a really good running back from last year. Uh, they've got some good receivers on the outside. So this is a team that has a chance to do some things offensively. And, and I think, uh, you know, after he gets his feet wet a little bit, he's going he's to have a, a pretty good season in his rookie year if he can stay healthy. Gotcha. 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 Now, if you had a crystal ball, crystal ball, ball, ball what would you imagine his number looking like this upcoming season? Well, I think because they're going to be behind in a lot of their football games, he's probably going to throw the ball more than, than they would probably want him to because uh, they would love to be balanced just knowing, uh, you know, their head coach the way the way he's, you know, coached in college and that he wants to stay as balanced as he can. Um, that's Urban Meyer. But I think he's going to throw anywhere between 3,500 and 4,000 yards this season and probably around, I don't know, 23 to 27 touchdowns somewhere in that area. I think he'll have a pretty decent season for his rookie year and uh, they probably won't win as many games, but I think they'll have a lot to look forward to as far as the future is concerned. And it'll be a young football team. that will be growing together. All right. All right. One more question, one more for, question you. for you. If you had, if you had one quarterback, quarterback in this division, this division to win one game, win one game. Who would it be? Who would it be? Who would be if if he was playing this year? It'd be Deshaun Watson. I'd love to have the ball in his hands because he can make a lot of things happen. He has tremendous confidence, and if you've ever saw him play in college, that's when he played his best. Is in the biggest games at the at the biggest times. Um, you know, you even look at him since he's been in the National Football League. They they had Kansas City down by 24 points early in that ball game. In, in the playoffs, they ended up losing, but uh, it wasn't because the quarterback, you know, wasn't playing well. So uh, he would be the guy that I would want the ball in my hands if, if he's the guy playing. If not, I would probably say, you know, Ryan Tannehill um, because he's had the most success of all the other guys since he's, he's, since he's been uh, in the division. Uh, Carson Wentz is new to the division. He's coming off of a subpar season or a couple of subpar seasons. And then, you know, the young guy in Jacksonville, he's, he hasn't done it yet at this at this level. So I'd have to go with um, um, Ryan Tannehill because of the way he's played the last couple of years. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I want to thank you for your time, for your time tonight. tonight, Mr. Moon. Mr. Moon. I mean, it's always I mean, a pleasure to talk to, to you. Talk to you. Thanks for having me on, Mike. I appreciate it, man. And uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you as uh, the season gets going and as we get deeper into it all. I'm, I'm coming down to Tennessee uh, in, the, in Nashville. We're having a, a reunion, um, a reunion, believe it or not. It hasn't wow. Been wow. It hasn't been announced yet, I don't believe, but it's going to be the weekend of September 26th. And uh, I'm looking forward to coming down that weekend and, and seeing everybody. Well, please, well, let, please me let me know 
I would love to, to come see all of y'all back again. All righty. You take care of yourself, my man. All right. You do all the right. same thing on the Moon, on touring, with the AFC South, the AFC South, the AFC South, the AFC South, the AFC and giving us a little bit of uh, his career as well. Thank you again. All right, my brother. You take care of yourself. All right. All right. This Woody. Hope you all enjoyed that interview with NFL Hall of Famer Warren Moon. Uh, definitely got into some uh, good stuff talking about the quarterbacks in the AFC South. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, if you're not following along, go to wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be uh, Anchor or Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, wherever. Go search Touring the AFC South. Follow along. I promise you, you'll enjoy it. Again, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for listening. If you haven't caught up early hits earlier, check those out. And also the interview with Mr. Warren Moon. My name is Mike Patton. I'm your host. And this has been another edition of Touring the AFC South. I'm out.